Blog Talk Radio.
I am Jehovah, the mighty God. Welcome to Miracle Internet Church. I'm Pastor Sabrina, and I'm so happy that all of you were able to join us this evening. Um, I want to um, say to you who have contributed to uh, Brother Steve's funeral that I'm so very proud of you, and I want to thank you for all that you have done to help his family. And God bless you. And to all of our new listeners, welcome in the name of the Lord. We are a Christian, international, non-denominational church. And we were founded in the love of God. Amen. Praise God. We want to thank the Lord for everything that he's done for us. And we want to thank him for blessing us with our founder, the late Dr. Pat Holliday. And we want to thank him for the richness of his word and his presence whenever we come together. You know, the Bible does say that wherever two or three of us are gathered together in his name, there he is in our midst. But it's such a rich presence here that we should make special effort to show our appreciation to the Lord for his presence when we come together. The Lord has made people who live in various parts of the world come together by his spirit, in his spirit, and formed this ministry, this church. We are grateful. We have people that live on one side of the ocean, people that live on another side of the ocean, people that live thousands of miles away, people in Australia. We actually have people all over the world that are a part of this ministry. And it's a very unique situation in the body of Christ. And I want us to get some sense of the breath that God has given us. We're not just in one location. We are literally all over the world. When you come together at Miracle, you fellowship with people that you would never get to meet in the natural, people that you just wouldn't have the opportunity to meet in the natural because of the distance. But God has seen fit to bring us all together as one. It's a very humbling situation. I thank him for it. I give him the praise, the glory, and the honor. But I want us to reflect on what God has done. You know, we talk to each other in the chat room all the time. We, we see each other's prayer entries. And we become very with one another, which is good. But not everybody has a church 
where their church members are all over the globe. But we do. We do. We have members in New Zealand. So you see, we are a very unique church. We are a very, very unique church. And God blesses us with his presence. He blesses us with a rich word. You know, there's some churches, you attend them. If you hear two scriptures the entire sermon, you're doing good. God gives us his word richly. Richly. Not only that, he answers our prayers. Yes, we have spiritual warfare because the devil hates us. And he hates what we represent, the love of God. But we have a very rich and unique fellowship that others don't necessarily get to experience. We need to hold it in esteem in our own hearts and minds. Amen? You know, when you leave home and you go off to college in another city or in another state, you get to meet people whose path you probably would never have crossed in your entire life had you not done that. Well, it's the same way here. There are people who you would not be able to share with the way you share here. You see, there's a reason that we invite everyone to join us in our chat room because this is the arena, this is the place where you get to interact with people from all over the globe. Amen. Amen. And we come together as a church family, and we minister the love of God to our members and to everyone else. So I want you to know that God is pleased. God is pleased. And we are blessed. God is pleased. And we are blessed. Everybody doesn't have this opportunity, but you do. So, uh, I want to invite all of our first-time listeners to join us in our chat room. And our chat room is located on our webpage. Our webpage is MiracleInternetChurch.com. MiracleInternetChurch.com. And when the page comes up, across the banner you'll see MIC Radio Chat. MIC Radio Chat. Click that link, and when the page changes, click Guest. When the page changes, sign in using your name, one of those names that is on your birth certificate, and your greeting to the saints, and the saints will respond to you in the chat room. Amen? Now, if you're on a cell phone, when you 
use your browser and you locate Miracle Internet Church, it will come up. And when the page comes up, MiracleInternetChurch.com, when the page comes up, across the banner you'll see three white lines against a black background. Click those three white lines. And all the other links will open up to you. And you can follow the same instruction. So we welcome you in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. We want to thank him um, for everyone's donation. And all of those that haven't gotten around to it yet, you still have time. Amen. Praise the Lord. And uh, Favi thanks you for all the cards that you sent. She has received them. Praise the Lord. And we ask for the Lord's blessing in her life as she's healing and in Brother Steve's family and his, his, his offspring as they are coming through the grief process. Amen? Amen. You see, the Bible says they will know that we are Christians by our love. So we're doing just what God said to do, and God is pleased. Amen? Amen. All right, Brother Bill, somebody signed in using an email address. Thank you, sir. Someone signed in using an email address, and that's not how we do that. I just explained it. We do not use email addresses or a whole lot of other things. You sign in using your name, one of the names that's on your birth certificate, and you add your greeting for the body of Christ. Thank you. We want to thank the Lord for his goodness to us, and we want to enter into prayer. Now, I know some of us have been praying for rain because it's so hot. But let me tell you what happens when you get rain. It gets muggy. It doesn't get cooler. You get muggy. The temperature goes down temporarily, and it becomes very humid. Well, that's fine if you're in Florida and you need to keep everything lush and green. (laughs) Amen? But rain doesn't always bring what you expect. So be careful how you pray. That's what I'm saying. Be careful how you pray. Because not only do you get what you ask for, you get what accompanies what you ask for. Amen? Thank you, Lord. Now, saints, most of us or some of us have elderly parents, someone that's in their latter years, as we call it, that we have to keep up with and we have to help because they are older. And the Bible promises these people. In fact, it's a promise to all of us. Even to your old age, God said. Let me turn to that scripture right quick. Turn to the scripture. Because it's important. We hope that we all have the opportunity to to become older. Amen? We're, We're looking forward to the fact that we will have the opportunity. Amen? Amen. Amen. 
The Bible says in Isaiah chapter 46, verse 4, to your old age, I am he. Even to your hoar or gray hair, will I carry you? I have made and I will bear. Even I will carry and deliver you. Amen. God says even when we're older, that he'll carry us and that he'll take care of Amen? He'll sustain us. He'll rescue us. He'll deliver us. He doesn't forget about us as we become older. He, his love never changes. Amen? So, some of us have these ideas in our minds about what old, older age is. But I want to suggest to you that you turn those ideas over to the Lord and ask him to remove those that are just not the truth and allow him to put the truth in its place. (gasps) Really? I would like for you to consider that option. All of these ideas you have about growing older, being older, what may happen, what may not happen, what you wish would happen, what you hope doesn't happen, I'd like for you to take the opportunity, whatever your age is, to turn those ideas over to the Lord and let him remove the ones that don't please him and be willing to receive the ones that he wants to give. Amen? Amen. Praise the Lord. Heavenly Father, we thank you for our elderly parents, whom we respect and honor with all of our hearts. Help us to minister to their needs in the power of your Holy Spirit. Lord God, we pray that they will walk in the full truth of the gospel of Jesus Christ and that they will prosper and be in good health as their soul prospers. I pray also that the same spirit that raised Jesus Christ from the dead will be active in them, quickening their mortal bodies and bringing his life and strength to them. Keep them close to you, Father, so that they shall still bring forth fruit in their old age and bless them in every way. Give continued longevity and peace, I pray. Help them to trust your faithfulness in all things. Remind them of your great faithfulness in their lives, Father. Let them recall that you have never forsaken them. Keep them conscious of the fact that you will never leave them nor forsake them. Let their hope and joy be in the realization that Jesus Christ will surely return in the near future. Give them the confidence that comes from the knowledge 
that your goodness and mercy will follow them all the days of their lives and that they will dwell in your house forever. Father, thank you for hearing our prayer. Amen? Amen. You know, saints, sometimes we don't think about it, but older Christians have needs that some younger Christians don't have. Sometimes the devil attacks them with loneliness in a different way than he does others. Sometimes when they become ill, they feel that people have forgotten them. But that's not the truth. There'll be people sitting that they know well that are praying for them. They're just quiet and respectful. Lord, for all of those that have felt alone, that have felt as though they're going through the recuperation from an illness by themselves, Lord, remind them that you're ever present and that there are saints that are actually praying for them, saints that are standing in agreement with your word for their recovery, saints who care about them and who pray for them and remember them frequently. You see, Lord, sometimes saints just believe in being respectful and allowing people to go through their circumstance the way they want to. Amen? So, Father, we want to thank you for reminding them that they have never been forgotten, that they are in everybody's heart, that they're being prayed for, that people are standing for them to recover, and that most of all, you're right there with them. Amen? That most of all, you're right there with them. Even though their world may have changed and they may not have quite as much control over their lives as they used to have, you're still in control of their lives. And they're still precious to you. So thank you, Lord. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for them joining us. Thank you for them fellowshipping with us. And thank you for receiving them at home when it's time for them to transition. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. You know, sometimes because youth is what it is, we get all concerned about the young people. And we forget that they are older young people who have a lot to contribute and a lot to offer because they've had to learn who Jesus Christ is throughout their lives. Amen? And we would do well. And we would do well to allow God to use us in their lives when that is applicable. Amen? Amen. Praise the Lord. So, Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, from our position, seated in heavenly places in Christ Jesus, we trust the Lord with all of our hearts. We trust the Lord with all of our hearts, and we lean not to our own understanding. In all of our ways, we acknowledge you, Lord, 
so that you shall direct our path. We choose not to be wise in our own eyes. We fear the Lord and depart from evil. It will be health to our navels and marrow to our bones. Amen. We thank you, Lord, that as we honor you with our substance and with the first fruits of our increase, Our barns will be filled with plenty, and our presses shall burst out with new wine. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, from our position, seated in heavenly places in Christ Jesus, we bind Satan, the strong man, all of his evil angels, evil spirits, all demonic agents, all of his underlings, timings, maneuvers, tactics, devices, plans, orders, And we cancel all demonic assignments and satanic agendas against the righteous. We take the territory from Satan in Jesus' name. We bind every form of godliness which denies the power of Jesus Christ. We come into agreement with the Father, Jesus Christ, and the Holy Spirit, and we come out of agreement with Satan, his agents, and his powers in Jesus' name. We close and seal all portals, all channels, all open doors of access to the enemy. We pull down all demonic thrones. We bind the wicked principalities, powers, rulers of darkness, and all spiritual wickedness in high places. We release the all-consuming fire of God on every ley line, silver cord, and garland. We bind the demons and workers of darkness in the heavenlies, in the bush, and in the deep. We bind rape and murder to its strong men and dethrone them all, chaining them all in eternal chains and darkness, placing them in the custody of the Holy Spirit. Thank you, Lord. We bind the sources of all witchcraft attacks, and we return the attacks onto the heads of the devils that bring them to cling to them for eternity. We bind forced feedback, cyber-stalking, cyber-sex, cyber-sex crimes, pornography, demonic curiosity, bewitching spirits which manipulate modern technology, false microwave radiation attacks designed to cause neurological problems, brain injuries, debilitating headaches, vertigo, binding directed energy microwave weapons, binding all vibrations, which are demons. We bind all trafficking demons, all reporters, listeners, watchers, peeps, whispers, familiar demons, electronic, digital, and technology demons and their attacks, Leviathan spirits and their attacks, brainwashing and kundalini spirits and their attacks, all water, marine spirits and their attacks, sex devils and their attacks, unclean spirits and their attacks, Passive devils and their attacks, pain-afflicting spirits, sleep deprivation, artificial intelligence, smart dust and drone spirits in the name of Jesus, all sorcery devils and their attacks, all seducing, womanizing, whoredom spirits and their attacks, the Havana syndrome, brain changes, injuries, all remote viewing, all sonic and audio weapons, all the voices of the stranger in their attacks all targeted radio frequencies, all pulse weapons and their attacks, all electromagnetic attacks, smart technology attacks, techno-paganism and mind control (coughs) by the occult. Thank you, Lord. Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, we regularly take authority, dominion, and power over these devils. We bind them in the name of Jesus. We thank you for pulling the corporate body together 
to come into agreement with the prayers and to bind these demons, to pray in their prayer languages, to add their scriptures, their warfare scriptures to the chat room in Jesus' name. We thank you for bringing us together in one mind and in agreement in Jesus' name. We give you praise. We give you glory. We give you honor. I take authority, dominion, and power over the spirit of distraction in Jesus' name. I bind it in the name of Jesus. I bind any other spirit operating in the chat room in Jesus' name. We come together to seek your face, and we will not allow Satan to divide us by being distracted in Jesus' name. We give you the praise. We give you the glory. We give you the honor, and we thank you for it, Father. We thank you, Lord, that as we, I begin to minister, and as the prayer goes forth, that everyone will come into agreement, agreement around your word and around your very presence. We honor your presence, Lord, and we reverence your presence by giving you our full attention in the name of Jesus Christ. We give you praise. We give you glory. We give you honor. We thank you for covering this fellowship, this worship service, this chat room, this prayer room, this ministry, this broadcast with the blood of Jesus Christ. We forgive all who have offended us or sinned against us in any way. We forgive ourselves, and we ask you, Father, to forgive us as well. And we ask for your mercy, and we plead the merits of the shed blood of Jesus over this church assembly in the name of Jesus Christ. We bind any spirit that comes up trying to bring attention to itself in the name of Jesus Christ. We give you the praise. We give you the glory. We give you the honor for it in Jesus' holy name. We bind every spirit of irreverence in the name of Jesus. For holy is our God. Holy is our God in the name of Jesus Christ. Thank you, Lord. We bind all water and marine spirits in their attacks, all sex devils in their attacks, unclean spirits in their attacks, passive devils in their attacks, sorcery devils in their attacks, the pain-afflicting spirits, sleep deprivation, artificial intelligence, Smart dust and drone spirits in Jesus' name. We bind off sorcery devils in their attacks, all seducing, womanizing spirits, whoredom spirits in their attacks, all the voices of the stranger, the charmer, and the seducer in their attacks in Jesus' name. We bind all targeted radio frequencies, all pulse weapons in their attacks, all microwave attacks, all debilitating sonic frequency attacks, all hypnotic trance devils and their attacks, all mystic rituals and their intent. We overturn and empty all cauldrons and chalices upon the heads of the conjurers and the magicians. We bind everything coming off the satellite, everything coming from outer space, all beings in the name of Jesus Christ. We bind what comes through cell towers and through our electronic devices in the name of Jesus Christ. We give you praise, we give you glory, and we give you honor. We bind our microwave attacks, debilitating sonic frequency attacks, and the work of every druid. We bind all hypnotic and trance devils in their attacks, 
on mystic rituals and their intent, and we overturn and empty our cauldrons and chalices upon the heads of the conjurers and the magicians. We bind our microwave frequency weapons, 5G and components, and EMF attacks in Jesus' holy name. We overturn and empty all the cauldrons and chalices on the heads of the conjurers and the magicians. We bind every order of magic and mystic arts. We bind Buddhist, black magic, Santeria, Kabbalah, Egyptian, Chaldean, Hindu, Indian, African, European, North American, South American, global cabal, covens of witches, warlocks, and wizards. In the name of Jesus Christ, we bind you all. All tribal witchcraft and occultism, all the work of the Obita man and the shamans, we bind you in the name of Jesus Christ. We bind all islander witchcraft, tribal witchcraft, indigenous group witchcraft in the name of Jesus Christ, cultural witchcraft in Jesus' holy name. All Caribbean and Latin American witchcraft, we bind you in the name of Jesus Christ. We forbid those spirits to penetrate in Jesus' name. Roko, we reject those demons in the name of Jesus Christ, and we bind them in Jesus' name. All false religious spirits, we bind you in the name of Jesus Christ. All antichrist spirits, we bind you in the name of Jesus Christ. All spirits of disunity, we bind you in the name of Jesus Christ. We bind fleshly demons in the name of Jesus Christ. We bind the flesh in the name of Jesus. We bind weariness in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. We bind the work of every druid. We bind all debilitating sonic frequency attacks in the name of Jesus Christ. We bind every order of magic and mystic arts and all Morgellons attacks, and we return every attack to the senders. We bind the culture of corruption worldwide. We bind all free-flying devils. We bind all evil spirits which take animal form, all shape-shifting spirits, trapping them into their shifted form for eternity. We bind every demon responsible for the dominion of sin in the American culture. We bind impulsivity, inattention, racing mind, and hyperactivity. We bind the prince of the power of the air, and we return his powers to Jesus Christ. We bind the power of the dog and every abomination that has been committed. We bind the Lord of the flies and his agents, and we place them under the feet of the Lord Jesus. We bind the Mandela effect and all satanic ritual abuse devils, satanic worship, witchcraft, dedications, and all rituals done on the phases of the moon. We bind formation of bullflies and demonic insects. We bind all spiders in their webs, trapping them in their own webs. We bind the transference of evil spirits, spirits of infirmity, supplanting the gods of the people of the land, the gods of the grove, 
and every spirit that exalts science, logic, human reasoning, and demonic knowledge against the knowledge of God and makes man wise in his own eyes. We bind mammon and his agents. We bind all demons sent forth to intimidate, harass, manipulate, lie against, mock, wear down, infect, destroy, spy, sabotage, hinder, besmirch, block, distract, confuse, pervert, stifle, curse, expose, stop, monitor, and track in Jesus' name. Defile, corrupt, undermine, despise, assassinate, divide, confound, attack, reproach, and reduce the effectiveness of the righteous in Christ Jesus. We bind the shedding of infected persons upon us. We return and loose these attacks to the senders according to the covenant. We bind the bondage of generations of fools, the spirit of the fool in Jesus' name. We bind the carnal mind. We bind the fool's anger. And we bind food lust and addictions and gluttony in the name of Jesus Christ. We return to sender according to the covenant, all in every reprisal, retribution, counterattack, psychic weapon, retaliation, all avenging, all blowback, all vengeance, all blood rituals, every boomerang, each payback, and all requiting of our righteous warfare in Jesus' name. This includes every evil work, mark, right, ritual, ceremony, sacrifice, proclamation, pronouncement, vow, root work, or sin against us, astral projections, sending demons to us to work against us and against all that pertains to us. No demon, no wicked person or unrighteous event left behind, binding the inordinate use of conjugal rights, returning to sender all witchcraft attacks through channeling against the satellites and against the web, through the satellites, against the website, and against us in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Thank you, Lord Jesus. We bind all Cameroonian wizardry, black magic, juju, hexes, vexes, spells, charms, potions, whatever. We bind all Nigerian witchcraft, all tribal witchcraft, all Chaldean witchcraft, all Spanish witchcraft, breaking and destroying our social, emotional, and psychological ties with food and drink, which are displeasing to Jesus Christ, binding superficial religious acts in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. We bind all vampire spirits, voodoo, hoodoo, ancient arts, mystic rituals, Devils attending the New World Order, New Age Movement, Great Reset, Make-Believe, Fantasy, Fables, Enchantments, False Religions, Numerology, Horoscopes, the Spirits and Works of the Oppressor, the Spirit and the Children of Disobedience, Martial Arts, Yoga, Transcendental Meditation, Antichrist Ideologies and Doctrines, Ahab and Jezebelic Practices and Spirits, Lewdness, Perversions, the Outworking of Vain Deceit, Death Spirits, Spirits of Destruction, Chaos, and Mayhem, Oppression, depression, anarchy, premonition, clairvoyance, ESP, telepathy, psychokinesis, out-of-body experiences, reincarnation, haunting, poltergeist, astral travel, psychic healing, demonic meditation, spirit guides, and defilement by wizards. We bind you in the name of Jesus Christ. We bind the king of pride and all of his underlings in the name of Jesus. We chain them with eternal chains and darkness in the name of Jesus. We bind all human Blood, demonic, sexual, financial, animal, food, fecal, and soulish sacrifices in the name of Jesus Christ. We bind all devils attached to idols and idolatry. We bind every form of rebellion, idolatry, root work, mind control, apathy, unyielding, nature worship, deception, scoffing, error, worldly indoctrination, military spirits, idle mind, unfocused mind, rioting, 
abuse, all trolls, all fear, all combative jealousy, fleshly ambition, the culture of corruption, weariness, betrayal, unfaithfulness, and temptation to sin in Jesus' name. We bind Belial, Beelzebub, Baal, Molech, Basilek, Python, Neptune, Zeus, Apollyon, Kali, all gods and goddesses, Osiris, Isis, on all false deities in the name of Jesus Christ. Mammon, Atlas, Baphomet, and his 72. We bind you in the name of Jesus Christ. We undo the work of all demonic weapons, fireballs, poisons, voodoo pins and dolls, hot and cold spots, and we return their afflict psychic weapons, prompters, codes, triggers, charms, tumors, designs and signals, and we return their afflictions to the worker of witchcraft and their pagan sources. We break the powers of every Masonic ritual, rite, vow, ceremony, pact, rukoda, or pledge in the name of Jesus Christ, including those of the associated organizations in Jesus' name. We bind the rituals, the brotherhood, the lodge, the craft, the worship, the grip, and Freemasonry in Jesus' holy name. We disconnect ourselves from such in the name of Jesus. We bind every spirit that was familiar to the Laodiceans. We bind the insanity, pride, work of errors, and foolishness of our own opinions. We bind being misled, and we return and lose all the retaliations of the enemy upon his own head, according to the scriptures. We bind all traditions and customs rooted in sin. We denounce and renounce them all and loose ourselves from them. We bind the gang stalkers and send their fear, harassments, and witchcraft back on their own heads as well as their mind control in Jesus' name. We bind the spirit of slumber. Father, we bind the works of those who work to bring honor to themselves in Jesus' name. We bind the rituals of every secret society in Jesus' name. We thank you, Father, that you have given us power over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means harm us. We rejoice with you that our names are written in heaven. We bind every spirit that denies the deity of the Lord Jesus Christ and his blood atonement on the cross of Calvary. Father, we ask for eyes to see, ears to hear, hearts to believe, and minds to receive what the Spirit of God says to the church. We repent of an evil heart of unbelief in accord with Calvary. We ask you, Father, to teach us to guard our hearts with all diligence. Lord, we've come to loose the bands of wickedness, to undo heavy burdens, to let the oppressed go free, to break every yoke and chain, and to call for justice and plead for truth. Lord, develop in us a love for the truth. Lead us into truth. Your word is truth. Make us to know the truth, and your truth will make us free. When the enemy comes in like a flood, the Spirit of the Lord shall lift up a standard against him. Lord, we come to celebrate the scriptures with you and to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy. We will not turn back from pursuing the enemy until the Godhead does. The Lord Jesus Christ is our commander-in-chief and whom we serve and obey. Father, in the name of Jesus, we disconnect from ourselves. We disconnect from ourselves. Every demon that has followed us, was sent to us, transferred to us, or communicated with us in Jesus' name. We bind those devils in the name of Jesus Christ. We send them on flight. We send them to the feet of Jesus to be judged. 
We thank you, Father, for it right now. We give you the praise in Jesus' name. We pray for the peace of Jerusalem, for kings, for all who are in authority, and all true Christians everywhere, especially persecuted Christians and those that were left behind in Afghanistan or some other place in the name of Jesus Christ. We thank you, Lord. We hold their lives dear, and we know that you love them and are protecting them and leading them to lead men, women, boys, and girls to Jesus Christ. Thank you, Lord. Though we walk in the midst of trouble, you will revive us. You will stretch forth your hand against the wrath of our enemies, and your right hand shall save us. We take authority, dominion, and power. We send confusion, gossip, backbiting, division out of the camp. In the name of Jesus Christ, out of the camp of Miracle Outreach Ministries, and back to where it came from in the name of Jesus. Father, we cover ourselves and our mode of transportation, and if there's a vehicle involved, that is well, and the road we travel with the blood of Jesus. We take authority, dominion, and power over animals and other objects and other distractions on the road in the name of Jesus. We take authority, dominion, and power even over the atmospheric weather conditions in our travels in the name of Jesus. We bind all conditions that would be contrary to our travels in the name of Jesus Christ. We give you praise. We cover ourselves and our property with the blood of Jesus. We take authority over all demons of the night, bad dreams, night dreams, sex dreams, anyone or anything trying to get into our dreams, and we command them to stay away. We ask for warrior angels, Lord, to protect us even when we sleep. We thank you for the wall of protection, your fiery wall that surrounds us from Zechariah. With your glory in the midst, we give you praise. We thank you for linking shields. We thank you for the word of God. We thank you for Psalm 91 and other scriptures that tell us of your protection over us, Father, in the name of Jesus Christ. No weapon formed against us shall be able to prosper, and every tongue that is risen against us in judgment, we condemn it right now in the name of Jesus Christ. We give you the praise. We lift up the name of Jesus. We lift the name of Jesus. We lift the name of Jesus, and we press the power in the name of Jesus against every foe in Jesus' name. We bind the spirit of division in the name of Jesus Christ, and we send it back from whence it came. In Jesus' holy name. 
Rike de Rusha la Diosa de la Diosa de Rike de Runga de Rusha la Diosa de Rusha la Diosa de Rusha de Rusha la Diosa de Rusha de Rusha la Diosa de Rusha la Diosa de Rusha de Rusha la Diosa de Rusha la Diosa de Rusha la Diosa de Rusha de Rusha la Diosa de Rusha de Rusha la Diosa 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 Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. We pull out our fiery darts, pins, needles, spears, voodoo, witchcraft, and anything else, and we return it from whence it came in Jesus' name. We disconnect ourselves from all ungodly silver coins, ley lines, and silver from ourselves, ungodly soul ties, attachments, covenants, agreements, oaths, consents, Garlands, vows, pledges, packs, leagues, and all other forms of agreement with the demonic realm. We destroy, tear down walls of protection around our witches, warlocks, wizards, Satanists, nanobots, nanotechnology, globalists, shamans, and sorcerers, divinators, and liars in Jesus' name. We break the power of all the love spells, charms, vexes, hexes, curses, fetishes. Spell, bewitchment, psychic thoughts and prayers, witchcraft, destruction, sickness, pain, and torment, psychic warfare, psychic power, incense and candle burning, incantations, ungodly blessings, hoodoo, crystals, root work, and tribal rituals and sins being sent our way in the name of Jesus Christ. We bind them in Jesus' name. We send them back to be released wherever they came from. And we thank you for deliverance in Jesus' name, Lord. We give you the praise. We give you the praise. We send back wherever it came from, spirits of hate, bitterness, murder, division, envy, jealousy, wizardry, sorcery, blindness, bondage, heaviness. And we break your powers in the name of Jesus Christ. We break yokes off of lives. And we release them to the liberty that is in Jesus Christ. We thank you, Lord, for every person that ought to repent and needs to repent. Show them their evil work and every evil deed they're guilty of. We thank you for the convicting their hearts unto repentance. We thank you for bringing these souls out of darkness and saving them in the name of Jesus. We give you the praise. We give you the glory. We give you the honor. And we release over the members of Miracle Outreach Ministries the reverence and fear of the Lord in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Well, tonight, saints, we're going to have a little chat. Our featured psalm for this worship service is Psalm 6. Psalm 6. And our verses for meditation come from Psalm 9. Psalm 9, verses 9 through 12. Psalms 9, verses 9 through 12. Our featured ebook is Spiritual Deception, Itching Ears. Spiritual Deception, Itching Ears. And the link is in the chat room. Tonight we're going to talk about trust God in battle. 
trust God in battle. We're going to spend the majority of our time in the book of Judges. Amen. Amen. Thank you. We're going to spend the majority of our time, amen, in the book of Judges. Yes, we are. And we're going to, if you'll join me, Judges chapter 7. We're going to read this entire chapter, Judges chapter 7, and then we'll break open the word together. Amen. Judges, it's in the Old Testament. Judges chapters, turn there myself. There we go. Thank you, Lord. Judges chapter 7. Beginning with verse 1. Then Jerubbabel, who is Gideon, and all the people that were with him rose up early and pitched beside the well of Harad, so that the hosts of the Midianites were on the north side of them by the hill of Moray in the valley. And the Lord said unto Gideon, The people that are with thee are too many for me to give the Midianites into their hands lest Israel vaunt themselves against me, saying, Mine own hand hath saved me. You see, the people of God were in a war, as they usually were. And so the Lord had chosen Gideon to lead his people into battle. And they were fighting against the Midianites this time, as the scriptures tell us. However, the Lord said to Gideon, Gideon, the people that are with thee are too many. Too many. Really, he said? You know, like, I know he was thinking, Lord, there are a lot of Midianites. I need a big army. But the Lord saw it differently. He said, the people that are with thee are too many for me to give the Midianites into their hands. Why? Because Israel had an ego problem. Israel had a pride problem. Israel had a boasting problem. Israel had a bragging problem. Israel had self-empowerment issues. So God is saying that lest Israel vaunt themselves against me or boast themselves against me, saying, mine own hand hath saved me. Now, saints, I'm going to talk about this little issue for a little while. There are persons, yes, you may not be one of them, but there are persons, Christians. Yes, they are indeed Christians. God cannot bless them when they have a lot. Why? Because they're too full of their own ego and pride. That's why. He's having a little 
So he has to wait until they are in dire straits before he can really move for them. Because you see, as long as they have a little bit more than they absolutely positively have to have, they figure they can handle it for themselves, can do it. Even though God is the one actually doing it, they think they're doing it. Have you? This is a horrible example, but I'm, I think most people have seen this on the TV at least once. It was, it's an old commercial. It's not a new one. There's a car parked in the driveway, and the little boy has got his, um, his Darth Vader outfit on, and he runs outside, and he misses his dad who's gone into the house. Dad and mom are watching out of the kitchen window over the sink. And the little boy is stretching his hands to the car trying to release his powers. Well, first of all, he hasn't got any powers. But he's trying to, he's seen this on, on, on the movie part. So he's trying to stretch his hands out and release his powers. And instead of him learning the lesson that he really doesn't have any powers, his dad is standing in the window with his mom watching him, and dad has the key fob in his hand. So he clicks the key fob and makes the lights flash on the car. And the boy is just shocked. Ma, his powers are working. Well, you see, that's about the condition Israel was in. And unfortunately, some Christians are in that position. When God grants us something that we consider to be supernatural, we just know that we did it and we finally have power. When it's actually God doing it and not us at all. Have gifting. And their very giftings hinder them because they attribute the gifting to themselves and not completely to God. Amen. There are all kinds of gifting. And people believe in their heart of hearts that it's them. They forget that they really are just clay, that they were formed from dust, and that whatever gifting they have, whatever talent they have, whatever enterprise they have, it all came from God. Amen? And that's the condition that the Israelites are in. So God has to work with Gideon, who is a little unsure of himself. And God just has to come right out and say it. I can't do this with this many people. They'll think they did it instead of me. And if you happen to be one of those kinds of persons, you need to spend a little more time with the Lord so that he can help you to overcome in that area. Amen? Amen. Some people, however, have never even thought about this. Uh-huh. Everybody doesn't have the same issues, you know, but we all have something. Praise the Lord. So, you see, they had to learn, as the title of our, our sermon is tonight, 
trust God in battle. They had to learn to trust God in battle. Gideon had to learn through experience to trust God in battle. Amen? Amen. So we see that in the second and third verses, let me go back to my scripture here. God had to do a work first before he could send his troops to the front line. He had to do a work. In the second and third verses, he says that Israel would boast against him that their own strength had saved them. If God let them go in with all these people, God says this to Gideon in verse 3. Now, therefore, go to and proclaim in the ears or in the hearing of the people, saying, Whosoever is fearful and afraid, whosoever is fearful and afraid, let him return and depart early from Mount Gilead. Let him go home. Let him go home. Amen. So God actually started out with 32,000 men to fight this war. And in the first cut, which is what we're reading now, in the first cut, God sent home 22,000 of them. A few thousand just over the seating capacity of Madison Square Garden. So after the fearful departed, 10,000 remained for the second cut. So you say, well, why would God do that? He said, for anyone who was trembling in fear may turn back. You don't need troops with you that when they actually get to the battlefront, get scared and turn around and run. It destroys the morale of the rest of the army. It destroys the morale of the rest of the army. So the Lord then devised ways to reduce the number of Gideon's army from 22,000 strong to only 300. Really? Yes. Amen. So, finished with that, there remained 10,000. And the Lord said unto Gideon in verse 4, The people are yet too many. Bring them down unto the water, and I will try them there for thee. And it shall be that of whom I say unto thee, This shall go with thee, the same shall go with thee. And of whomsoever I say unto thee, this shall not go with thee, the same shall not go. Ah, that's right. When Gideon was told to trim down his army, the first criterion for selecting those who would remain pretty straightforward. Anyone who trembles with fear may turn back and leave and go home. 
With that directive, over two-thirds of the army took off, while only 10,000 remained. The lesson here is extremely clear. The lesson here is extremely clear. God will not tolerate fear on the front line. God will not tolerate fear on the front line. Now, you know in this ministry, we've preached sermon after sermon after sermon after sermon on fear. And everyone has been encouraged and mandated to get rid of the fear. To get rid of the fears in your life. It's a mandate. It's not a suggestion. Amen? It's a mandate, not a suggestion. However, the second criterion for selecting the warriors was more subtle. When the 10,000 reached the water, Gideon wants to send home all those who put their faces down to the water to drink those who knelt and laughed with their hands to their mouths were accepted. Well, really? Yes, that's exactly how it happened. Verse 5. So he brought down the people unto the water, and the Lord said unto Gideon, Everyone that lap of the water with his tongue as a dog laugheth, thou shalt set by himself. Likewise everyone that boweth down upon his knees to drink. Verse 6, And the number of them that lapped, putting their hand to their mouths, were 300 men. But all the rest of the people bowed down upon their knees to drink water. Verse 7, And the Lord said unto Gideon, By the 300 men that lapped will I save you, and deliver the Midianites into thine hand. And let all the other people go every man unto his place. Amen? So God sent home a lot more people. Well, you say, well, why did God do that? Why would he do it that way? Well, you see, when we examine this very closely, it begins to speak to us. Those who knelt and brought the water up to their mouths were in a position to watch for enemy activity on the horizon. They were in a position to watch for the enemy activity on the horizon. Those with their heads bowed down to the water were in no position to see anything except what satisfied their own needs. So all of the ones that he sent home on the second cut were more interested in their own needs than in keeping their eyes pinned on the horizon for the enemy. You know, the Bible teaches us to watch and pray. In order to do that, you can't be all caught up in just your own needs. You can't be living the carnal life. You can't be living the self life. Not if you want to be in God's army. 
Amen? Amen. And Matthew chapter 24, verse 42. Matthew 24, verse 42. Matthew chapter 24. Keep a marker in Judges. We're going back. Matthew chapter 24, verse 42. Watch, therefore, Jesus speaking, watch, therefore, for ye know not what hour your Lord doth come. Hmm, really? That's right. Watch ye. 1 Corinthians chapter 16, verse 13. Verse 13 1 Corinthians Chapter 16 Verse 13 Watch ye Watch You can't watch If you're completely consumed With your own life Watch Stand fast In the faith Quit ye like men Be strong Act like you're mature, not babyish. Be strong. Amen? Amen. Many times, saints, we are commanded to be continually watchful. Courage and willingness to fight are not enough. The Lord's frontline warriors must also watch and pray. Now, let's take a look. We're going back to Judges chapter 7. We're going to go a little further with that. Amen, amen. Amen. Let's go back to Gideon. So, we were in verse 8. So the people took victuals or foods in their hands and their trumpets, and he sent all the rest of Israel, every man unto his tent, and retained those 300 men, and the host of Midian was beneath him in the valley. And it came to pass the same night that the Lord said unto him, Arise, get thee down unto the host. For I have delivered it unto thy, into thine hand. God's telling him, I've already given you the battle. But if thou fear to go down, if you're still a little anxious and not quite solid, go thou with Pura, thy servant, down to the host, and thou shalt hear what they say. And afterwards, shall thine hands be strengthened to go down unto the host. Then went he down with Purah, his servant, unto the outside of the armed men that were in the host. Granted, Gideon was a man thoroughly willing to follow God. Trust him and obey him. Gideon was courageous. But deep inside his heart, God spotted a secret fear about attacking, lurking where only 
he and Gideon could see it. See, God knows our hearts. God doesn't look at the outward parts. He looks on our hearts. And he is not fooled. He is not fooled. You can say you're a committed Christian if you want, but if the Holy Spirit doesn't agree with that, you need to go back to Jesus. You need help. Fears are interesting things. Secret fears are interesting things. Often, they can remain totally undetected until the actual battle. Often, they can remain totally undetected until the actual battle. Then, come out in full force, destroying the child of God. However, God will do everything in his power to make sure we don't carry fear to the front line. Gideon's case, credible example of how far God will go to prevent this. In his rich mercy, God provided a way to deliver Gideon from his fears using enemy soldiers. God's ways are not like our ways. His ways are higher than our ways. His ways are wiser than our ways. God told Gideon, if you are afraid to attack, go down to the Midianite camp with your servant and listen to what they are saying. Afterward, you will be encouraged to attack the camp. So Gideon went. Gideon went. So in verse 11, and thou shalt hear what they say, and afterward shall thy hands be strengthened to go down unto the host. Then went he down with Pur his servant unto the outside of the armed men that were in the host, that were in the army. And the Midianites and the Amalekites and all the children of the east lay along in the valley like grasshoppers for multitude. That's a lot of people. And their camels were without number as the sand by the seaside for multitude. Verse 13, And when Gideon was come, behold, There was a man that told a dream unto his fellow and said, Behold, I dreamed a dream. And lo, a cake of barley bread tumbled into the host of Midian and came unto a tent and smote it that it fell and overturned it that the tent lay along. And his fellow answered and said, This is nothing else save the sword of Gideon, the son of Joash, a man of Israel. For into his hand 
hath God delivered Midian and all the host. And it was so when Gideon heard the telling of the dream and the interpretation thereof that he worshipped. He worshipped and returned into the host of Israel and said, Arise! For the Lord has delivered into your hand the host of Midian. So Gideon went, but we must pay attention to this key factor. If you read too fast, you'll miss it. Gideon was willing to admit his fear. Gideon was willing to admit his fear. How many of us are not? How many of us really are not? We're too busy wanting people to think that we're more spiritually developed than we are. We don't want our vulnerabilities to be seen. Everyone has vulnerabilities. There aren't any people that don't because that's part of the human condition. But some of us are so busy trying to cover it up and hide it that we have too much pride, too much ego to admit our fears. We don't act like Gideon. We try to cover up. Some of us go so far as to tell lies. Amen. It's the truth. If that happens to be you, admit it to the Lord and repent. If that happens to be you, admit it to the Lord, confess it to the Lord and repent. Now, One of the things that the Lord is coming for in this particular message is he wants us to confess our fear to him. He's been waiting for us to tell him the truth, unashamed. But some of us have and some of us have not. So this is your opportunity to come clean with the Lord. Amen? And to confess your sin of fear before him. Because, yes, fear is a sin. The Bible says that God's perfect love casts out all fear. It's a spirit. You're harboring an unclean spirit, and it needs to go. And you need to want it to go. It's the truth. You need to want it to go. Amen. Praise the Lord. Gideon was willing to admit his fear. He did not deny it. He took God up on his offer to be freed from it. We must do the same thing. We cannot pretend to be more courageous than we are. 
God wants to free us from all fears and doubts before the battle, if we will let him. If we will let him. Amen. You see, God needs you to be honest with yourself. That's right. God needs you to be honest with yourself, to be truthful with yourself, to stop covering up your weaknesses and to come clean with him about them. Amen. Yes. That's what God's looking for. That's what Gideon did. All of that, trying to pretend that it's not there, won't work. You see, God knows it's there. You know it's there. The demons know it's there, so there is no secret. There is no secret. Somebody knows it's there. And God is still waiting on those who have not come to this, who have not had the courage to face God about their weaknesses, their inabilities, but primarily their fears. Amen. He's calling for it. So it's it's not good to keep God waiting. It's good to promptly repent. The Bible says we're to be zealous and repent. Amen? To be zealous and repent. To be quick to it. Let's get on it. Let's get let's get down to business. Because you see, if you don't, when the situation arises, that fear will rise up and overtake you. It'll overtake your thoughts, your emotions, and almost everything about you. And you will suddenly act in ways that you were not expecting and don't desire. Amen. It's real. So, God is coming to us tonight, and he's appealing to us to humble ourselves, to be truthful with ourselves, and to be truthful with him, and to seek his concerning our fears. Don't keep walking around trying to defeat the devil with a heart full of fear. It's not going to work. Amen? So God is saying, come on now. I've been calling you. I've been calling you. I've been calling you. And you've been resisting me and ignoring me and pushing this issue aside. As if you just don't, you, you, you just can't bring yourself to deal with it. Well, now is the time to bring yourself. I don't care if you have to drag yourself by the ears. Come before the mercy seat and come before your Lord and Savior and tell the truth to yourself, to God. It's time. Amen. It is time. God wants to free us 
from all fears and doubts before the battle if we let him, if we will let him. When Gideon and his servants sneaked up on the enemy camp, they heard an amazing thing. One soldier was driving a disturbing dream to his friend, and the friend had an interpretation that God had given the Midianites and the whole camp into the hands of Gideon. Amen? So you see, it's not that God's not on our side. He is. It's not that he won't give the battle into our hands. He will. But you're not going to make it if you don't get rid of the fear first. Praise God. It's real. Spiritual warfare is real. The kingdom of God is real. Deliverance is real. But you can't run from it. Amen. So, Gideon was so overwhelmed that he could only stand there worshiping God. He couldn't believe what God had just done for him. It's better to be free, saints. It's better to be free. God had sent a miraculous confirmation to deliver him from all his secret fears. And God wants to send you some deliverance from your secret fears. But you're going to have to get real with God. You can't go into your prayer closet tiptoeing around like there's an elephant in the room. You cannot continue to go into your prayer closet tiptoeing around like there's an elephant in the room. You know what I mean by that. You're going to have to talk about it to God. Amen. It doesn't matter how much it hurts to talk about it. You must need to be do this. The Bible says when you come before God, bring words with you. Words. That means more than one, two, three, four, or five. Bring words with you. Amen. So, now Gideon was ready to go into battle, having been delivered. Now he knew that he was ready. He knew that he was ready. There's a lot, There's a difference between hoping that you're ready and knowing that you know that you know you're ready. There is a difference. When it came time for Gideon to actually go to the enemy camp with just 300 men, we see an amazing occurrence. Instead of giving his men traditional weapons, he armed them with torches inside clay jars 
and trumpets. That's right. So, in verse 16, he says, He divided the 300 men into three companies. That's 100 men in each company. And he put a trumpet in every man's hand with empty pitchers and lamps within the pitchers. What they were were clay jars. Remember, we talked about us being the clay the last time we were together. And lamps or a flame, a torch, inside the pitchers. Inside the clay jars was a torch. So, and he said unto them, look on me and do likewise. And behold, when I come to the outside of the camp, it shall be that as I do, so shall ye do. You see, these people had to know how to follow the leader. When the leader says, do this, that's what you do. Not a one of them asked him, well, why don't we just take the torch out out of the clay jars and just leave these clay jars on the side? You know, in today's society, people act that way. But that's actually known as rebellion in the scriptures. I have a better idea. Let's do it this way. That That doesn't register well with God. That does not register well with God. When God establishes a leader, he expects you to follow what the leader said. Amen. Don't come up with your own plan. Because actually what you're saying is, God, this is how much respect I'm giving you. You tell me one thing, and I'm going to come up with my own plan and do it my way. That's basically what you're saying to God. I have very little reverence and fear for you, and I'm going to demonstrate it by how I treat your leader. Amen. When he gave the signal, they were all to break the jars and blast the trumpets, shouting, a sword for the Lord and for Gideon. So, put a marker right there because we're going to come back to it. We're going to come back to that. But right now, we're going to turn to Second Corinthians chapter 4. Second Corinthians four. Verse 7, we're going to talk about these clay jars and this torch that was on the inside. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 7. You know, the last time we were together, we talked about us being the clay and God being the potter and him being able to do with the clay what he saw fit to do to make it into what he designed, what he wanted. And that we are to be yielding to the Lord. Amen? 
So if you've arrived at 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 7, it reads thusly, But we have this treasure in vessels, that the excellency of the power may be of God and not of us. The excellency of the power may be of God and not of us. You see, when I was speaking briefly about persons who may have gifts and talents and enterprise, trying to take credit for what God is really doing. God was having to work with the Israelite people because that's where they were. That was their immaturity. That was their weakness. That was their vulnerability. So. This is the way the battle went. We, in this particular scripture, in this verse, the fire of the torch refers to the power of the Holy Ghost through the light of the gospel in our body. He comes to live within. He abides within. The emphasis is on the contrast between a frail vessel of clay or earth, that's us, and the priceless treasure of power that dwells within it. So God is still talking to us about being the clay and becoming pliable in the potter's hand. Here is an illustration in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 7, and in the scripture in Judges 7, that the power of the Holy Spirit is resident within the earthen vessel. And that the excellency of the power comes from within. It's not the clay itself. Amen? It's not clay itself. You see, that's what Israel wanted to do. Israel wanted to brag and boast with all those 32,000 people, or 22,000 by now, however many that was, that, oh, my goodness, we beat the Midianites, and we did this, and we did that, and we did, and we, and we, and we, and we, and look what we did. And God says, not. You're going to tell the truth. The truth is that my power has come to work in you. It's not you. It's me. Tell the truth. Credit for what God actually does. Amen? And some of us still have that weakness in our lives. But it's time. It's time to get rid of it. Amen. It's time to get rid of it. But notice about these clay pots with the torch inside, that God did not give these instructions directly to Gideon. Told him to go down to the camp and hear what they were saying. Gideon himself under the influence of the Holy Spirit, 
captured the mind of God to come up with the idea. He had access after his deliverance to the mind of God. Mm-hmm. Think of what an astounding thought pattern this was for a man who had never in his life heard of anything but conventional warfare. He'd never heard of anything like this. This was totally different. It was off the map. As the Midianite army fled, Israelites from Naphtali, Asher, and all Manasseh from other tribes were called out, and they pursued the Midianites. Amen. They pursued the Midianites. In verse 18, Gideon told them, When I blow with a trumpet, I and all that are with me, then blow ye the trumpets also on every side of all the camp and say, The sword of the Lord and of Gideon. So Gideon and the hundred men that were with him came unto the outside of the camp in the beginning of the middle watch. And they had but newly set the watch. And they blew the trumpets and break the pitchers that were in their hands. So the clay pots were broken, and the torches were lit. And the three companies blew the trumpets and break the pitchers and held the lamps in their left hands and the trumpets in their right hands to blow withal. And they cried, The sword of the Lord and of Gideon. And they stood every man in his place round about the camp, and all the hosts ran and cried and fled. Three hundred blew the trumpets, and the Lord set every man sword against his fellows, even throughout all the hosts, and the hosts fled. Verse 23, And the men of Israel gathered themselves together out of Naphtali and out of Asher and out of Manasseh and pursued after the Midianites. And Gideon sent messengers throughout all Mount Ephraim, saying, Come down against the Midianites and take before them the waters of Bethbara and Jordan. Then all the men of Ephraim gathered themselves together and took the waters unto Bethbara and Jordan. And they took two princes of the Midianites, Oreb and Zeb, and they slew Oreb upon the rock Oreb, and Zeb they slew at the winepress of Zeb, and pursued Midian and brought the heads of Oreb and Zeb to Gideon on the other side of Jordan. Amen. So you see, saints, when you follow God's instructions, when you trust God in battle, you get a victory, an overwhelming victory that you would not have achieved if you had done it on your own. Amen. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Gideon and his 300 men, exhausted yet keeping up the 
pursuit, came to the Jordan and crossed it. He said to the men of Succoth, give my troops some bread. You said, well, where is that? I moved over to chapter 8. That's where that is. Amen? I moved over to chapter 8. I moved over to chapter 8. Come with me. I just kept going. And the men of Ephraim said unto him, Why hast thou served us thus, that thou callest us not, when thou wentest to fight with the Midianites, and they did chide or contend with him sharply? You know, that's not so good. Amen. That's not so good. They wanted to they wanted to pick a fight. You know you've met people that like to pick fights. We call them petty, contentious, full of strife, envy, jealousy, maliciousness. You know about them. Amen. You know about them. And so He said unto them, What have I done now in comparison of you? Is not the gleaning of the grapes of Ephraim better than the vintage of Albazir? God has delivered into your hand the princes of Midian, Orb, and Zeb. And what was I able to do in comparison of you? Then their anger was abated toward him when he had said that. Amen. Amen. You see, the devil will rear his head right after you get a great victory from God. He doesn't go anywhere. So you have to leave your armor on. You can't take it off and say, I want to take a break now. It doesn't work that way. You have to keep your armor on, thing. Now, Zeba and Zelmana were in Karkor with a force of about 15,000 men, all that were left of the armies of the eastern peoples. 120,000 swordsmen had fallen. Gideon went up by the route of the nomads and fell upon the unsuspecting army, Zeba and Zelmana. The two kinds of Midianites fled, but he pursued them and captured them and routed their entire army. Really? Yes. So, in verse 4, I'm in chapter 8, verse 4 of Judges, and Gideon came to Jordan and passed over. He and the 300 men that were with him, faint, yet pursuing them, faint, yet pursuing, faint, yet pursuing them. And he said unto the men of Succoth, Give, I pray you, loaves of bread unto the people that follow me, for they be faint, and I am pursuing after Zeba and Zelmana, kings of Midian. And the princes of Succoth said, Are the hands of Zeba and Zelmana now in thine hands? that we should give bread unto thine army? 
And Gideon said, Therefore, when the Lord hath delivered Zeba and Zalmanah into my hand, then will I tear your flesh with the thorns of the wilderness and with briar. And he went up thence to Penuel and spake unto them likewise. And the men of Penuel answered him as the men of Succoth had answered him. And he spake also unto the men of Penuel, saying, When I come again in peace, I will break down this tower. Now Ziba and Zelmana were in Karkor, and their hosts with them, about 15,000 men, all that were left of all the whole children of the east. And there fell 120,000 men that drew swords. That's a lot of people. And Gideon went up by the way of them that dwelt in tents on the east of Nobah and Jogbeha, and smote the host, for the host was secure. And when Zeba and Zalmana fled, he pursued after them and took the two kings of Midian, Zeba and Zalmana, and discomforted all the host. And Gideon, the son of Joash, returned from battle before the sun was up. That meant they fought all night long. They fought all night long. Amen. And we're going to keep going for a little while because I haven't quite gotten to the place that that I want to pause. So Gideon had to battle forces of ego and pride. You know, that's what's keeping some of us, not everyone, but some of us, from admitting and confessing our fears before the Lord. It's our own egos and our own pride. Uh Uh-huh. Gideon had to battle forces of ego and pride as the Ephraimites were insulted at not being called for the initial battle. This is back in Judges to eight one, chapter eight verse one. Why have you treated us like this? Why didn't you call us when you went to fight Midian? Now Gideon had to deal with powerful spiritual forces of selfishness, disloyalty, and unbelief toward this small army of God. I'll say it again. Gideon had to deal with powerful spiritual forces of selfishness, disloyalty, and unbelief toward this small army of God. The men of Succoth refused his army bread in case the other side rallied and won. Now, these were their own countrymen. They said, do you already have the hands of Zeba and Zalmana in your possession? Why should we give bread to your troops? Saints, it is after the victory is won that Satan often launches this greatest attack on the soldier of God. In this case, the defeat of Midian was only the beginning of Gideon's spiritual battle. 
Once the major victory was won, Gideon must have faced a major temptation that all faced after the first round of successes. Exhausted, but thinking we have the enemy in our bag. Our natural tendency is to put up our feet, rest on our laurels, and say, okay, I guess it's time to go home. But that's not how God does things. But Gideon knew the remnant of enemy troops who managed to escape have the nasty habit of going home, regrouping, and coming back with a more deadly vengeance than ever before. And we need to learn that too. Therefore, he asked four tribes of Israel to come and to help him in the pursuit. All four tribes did this with considerable success. The tribe of Ephraim even captured two key Midianite leaders, Oreb and Zeb. However, the leaders of Ephraim were extremely upset with Gideon at not being asked to participate in what they considered to be the big kill or initial victory. Notice that they never considered what God wanted. They never considered what God wanted. Their anger, fueled by pride and ego, clouded any consideration of the Almighty's plan. Neither did they acknowledge or experience joy at the great miracle God had wrought through Gideon. All they could feel were sour grapes that they were not invited. How small-minded, how carnal, how fleshly. As God pours out his spirit and works signs and wonders through his church in these last days, we must be watchful for those in our own ranks who feel left out when God does not work through them. Let me tell you something. In this revival, God uses whom he wants, when he wants, where he wants, the way he wants. We all need to remember this. These people must be handled with great love and tact. If they are not, as in Gideon's case, they can prove to be a source of great contention and anger in the body. People in the body of Christ cause more problems than the heathen do. Immature, childish people in the body of Christ cause more problems than the heathen do. Amen? So how did Gideon handle those who were blinded by hurt, pride, and ego? That's how he handled them. He used the sword of truth to reveal to them a law of spiritual warfare 
that they had never considered before. God, he said, God lets you capture Oreb and Z, the generals of the army of Midian. What have I done in comparison with that? Your actions at the end of the battle were more important than ours at the beginning. So they finally decided to calm down. Make sure you don't act like that. It's not Christ. It's not Jesus at all. Amen? God wants his army to stay unified. The blessing is in the unity. Greater power comes with unity. Don't be one of the divisive ones like you see here. Don't be that way. And you have the power over that. Think of it. Your actions at the end of the battle are more important than those at the beginning. This is a crucial truth to remember when in the first flush of victory, Satan tempts us to let up on our warfare before the work is truly done. It is also humbling to know that those who follow up in the army of God are just as, if not more important, than the heroes. However, you define a hero. So now, put yourself in Gideon's shoes. Here, he and his 300 men were utterly exhausted and hungry, not letting up in their pursuit of the enemy. They had the discipline and self-control to overcome their own discomfort. I'll say it again. They had the discipline and self-control to overcome their own discomfort. Even when the men of Succoth and Penuel refused to give them food, they did not let the bitterness of this rejection by their own countrymen slow them down. No matter how desperate or let down we may feel, we must keep our shield of faith high, subdue our feelings, and move on, knowing with bold assurance that it is God, not man, who will pull us through. It is God and not man who will pull us through to victory. So I'm going to pause there on that, and I would encourage you to finish reading Judges chapter 8 at your leisure. Amen? Amen. It's a very interesting battle, and if you allow the Holy Spirit to take you through the scriptures, he will point out to you the things that I didn't because we had some ways to get to in a certain time. Amen? Amen. Praise the Lord. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for the word tonight, Father. There were several key points, and many of us need to recast the message so that we can hear what you had to say. Now, 
In Luke chapter 9, verse 23, I want you to remember what Jesus is saying to us in this scripture because it's key to the overcoming that Gideon and his 300 did. It's key. Luke chapter 9, verse 23. Luke chapter 9, verse 23. And he said to them all, If any man will come after me, let him deny himself. Take up his cross daily and follow me. Let him deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. Saints learn to trust God in battle. Amen? Learn to trust God in battle. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Amen. Amen. Let us learn to trust God in battle. Let us not allow our flesh to run our show and ruin a victory that God has given us. Amen? Amen. I think I might recast it myself. Praise the Lord. (laughs) Amen. Well, Lord, amen. Praise God. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Area code 818. Hi. Um, hi, Pastor. I just wanted to call in for a couple of things. I'm here with Lee, too, and he needs prayer um, right now. I, I didn't get a chance to listen. I'm going to recast the message. I've been, I just was able to get on right now. But um, there's a couple of issues. Um, well, a praise report first. We found out that his uh, AFib or whatever is healed, and we had a miracle. We prayed on the group, and then um, it was healed. And, um, and so a praise report for that. We got confirmation yesterday. And But he still has the eye where he's, um, like, going uh, – he's almost, blind, like, legally blind. And they want to they wanna put um, – they want to do a – I guess a stem cell um, transplant to help his cornea come back to life. Like his cornea is so damaged that they said it needs like a stem cell transplant. Um, But he's like, if I have to take drops for the rest of my life, I don't want to do that. And so um, I'm like, well, God can heal you. And he is making progress. Like like after he had his healing, you know, know, he's giving glory to God and everything. But he's like, he doesn't know he has the faith. He said he doesn't have the faith right now to... Um, be able to just to think that God can just heal his eyes. And so he doesn't know whether he should do surgery, but he doesn't want to do it where he would have to take the drops all the time. And he is here. And then, and then for me, like right now, I'm like very agitated because there's a certain person in his life that I just know is really bad news and he doesn't see it. And that God gave me that same warning with somebody else. And that person was the one that stole everything from him. And I have that same on my spirit that this guy for, I don't want to say too much, or, you know, why I believe that, but, um, and so it's like I'm in an irritation, so I, I I just want to make sure I'm not in my flesh, whatever, but if this person is that, you know, if I'm correct, um, I just, you know, I've got to deal with it, and I think he, 
you know, need some more deliverance with, you know, don't know yet on the line right now. And Lee's here, too, um, to maybe, like, get some deliverance, because he does want more faith to be able to do this. All right. That's just a long laundry list. We're going to deal with some of it, but maybe not all of it tonight. Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus Christ. Father, blindness can be spiritual as well as natural. Blindness can be spiritual as well as natural. So tonight, Father, we lift up to you, Lee's spiritual blindness. Blind so that he cannot see what you've been trying to show him for a long time. (laughs) Blind so that he cannot see what you've been trying to show him for a long time. Sometimes, Lord, we have habits in our lives that are destructive to us, but we don't recognize them as destructive habits. We just think that that's the way we are. So, Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, I ask for you to extend your mercy to Lee. And I ask you to begin to convict him of the habits in his life that are destructive to his own well-being. I ask you, Lord, to show him on the inside whether this person is for him or against him. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, you're the blind man healer, and we depend on you to heal Lee on the inside first, to show him the right way. The Bible says that you lead us in paths of righteousness for your name's sake. You tell us, Lord, that the steps of a good man are ordered of the Lord. So we ask you, Lee, the Lord says you have to open up your heart to receive this from him. You can't just go around thinking the way you've been thinking and believing the way you've been believing. Proverbs chapter 3, verses 5 through 7 tells us not to lean to our own understanding, but in all of our ways to acknowledge him, and he will direct our path. So, we're asking the Lord to begin to work with you on your spiritual blindness. Because you have not been able to discern... You have not been able to discern who God wants in your life versus who God does not want in your life. So this is where God wants to begin with you on the inside, teaching you the difference between those that he desires in your life and those that he does not desire. 
Amen? Can you also, also ask him to please make it so if I get my eye transplant and stem cell, I don't have to take redre- rejection? Hold it. We are talking about your insides right now. Let's stick to the subject. God wants to do it this way first. He wants to deal with the part of you that cannot determine good people for you versus bad people for you. That's where God's starting. I suggest you join God. He says he wants you to open up your heart and receive what he's trying to teach you. Because this is critical to any other healing that you will need. This comes first. Do we understand? I think. Yes, you do. You understand. You might want what you want, but you understand what I have said to you. God is starting where he's starting. You need to start with him. And let him teach you. But he says you must open your heart to him in order for him to do this for you. Do you agree to open your heart to the Lord? Yeah, I've done that already, though. No, sir, not like this. I'm talking, you're listening. No, sir, not like this, or he wouldn't be telling me to say this to you. He's not talking about general salvation. He's talking about particular issues in your life that you cannot discern or tell the difference between people that are good for you and people that are bad for you. God wants to deal with that issue. Now, are you willing to open your heart to God for him to deal with you with that issue? Yeah, that's right. All right. All right. So let's tell him. Heavenly Father. Heavenly Father. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. By an act of my will. Repeat, repeat that. By an act of my will. By an act of my will. I open my heart to you. I open my heart to you. And my understanding to you. And understanding to you. So that you can teach me. So you can teach me. What good association is. What good association is. And what bad association is. And what bad association is. I want to know the truth. I want to know the truth. So that I can grow up in Christianity. So I can grow into Christianity. Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, we come into agreement with our brother's prayer. We thank you, Lord, that as he progresses in this area with you and allows you to teach him and to show him and to direct him, it will lead into the other healings that he needs. We give you praise, we give you glory, we give you honor, and we thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen?
Amen. And we will deal with the rest next week. And we will deal with the rest next week. Amen. Amen. God bless you. We love you. you. God bless you. Amen. Praise the Lord. Amen. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Praise God. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Now, saints, we're going to keep, we have prayed before for Lee's healing in his eyes, and we're going to continue to stand on the word of God for that. But the Lord has to work on Lee in his heart and in his understanding about some things. Amen? All of us are like that in certain areas. We have certain ideas that we've grown up with and we think that's it. But when God wants uh, to make a change, we need to flow with him. Amen? Thank you, Lord. We are requesting adjudications from the righteous judge concerning Attorney General, attorneys general, rather, in several Republican-led states warn Target that pride displays and LGBT items at stores could create legal issues for the retail giant running afoul of child protection laws in some jurisdictions. Led by Indiana Attorney General Todd Rokita, several attorney general, attorneys general wrote that the store's June Pride collection could be potentially harmful to minors and said that the economic interests of shareholders could suffer due to ensuing boycotts. What's more, they argued that the items could raise concerns about child state child protection or parental rights laws. As attorneys general committed to enforcing our state's child protection and parental rights laws and our state's economic interests as target shareholders, we are concerned by recent events involving the company's pride campaign, the officials wrote in a letter to Target CEO Brian Cornell. Our concerns entail the company's promotion and sale of potentially harmful products to minors, related potential interference with parental authority and matters of sex and gender identity, and possible violations of fiduciary duties by the company's directors and officers. The letter did not indicate what steps the attorneys general in their respective states. The letter to Mr. Cornell was signed by Mr. Rokita, as well as attorneys general from Arkansas, Idaho, Kentucky, Mississippi, Missouri, and South Carolina. After unveiling its Pride Month collection earlier this year, Target drew significant backlash from consumers after conservative influencers on social media highlighted some of the products that were being sold before the company announced that it would be removing some items. LGBT-themed books, baby clothes, and toys 
were being sold under the retailer's June promotion, according to its website. Some users on social media also made note of a tuck-friendly swimsuit that was apparently intended for biological males who claimed to be transgender women. Target later released a statement to several news outlets saying the item was not being sold for children, only adults. As the controversy ensued in mid-May, Target Corporation shares dropped. On May 16th, Target shares stood at around $160. But by May 31st, it was $130. Keita's letter noted that Target may have acted in a political manner that put its shareholders at risk. Losses of this magnitude caused by isolating Target's core customers raised concerns that Target's board and management may have acted negligently, the letter said. Further evidence suggests Target's leadership may have acted on collateral interests. Directors and officers must act solely in the best interests of the company. Previously, Mr. Cornell has defended the LGBT-friendly merchandise by saying that selling them at Target is the right thing for society. This week, Target was again in conservative crosshairs after Fox News host Mark Levin claimed Target informed his publisher, Simon & Schuster, that it won't sell his book critical of Democrats and President Biden's administration. The book is titled The Democrat Party Hates America, and this is slated to be released September 19th. It claims that certain customers might be offended by the title. Imagine that. So the corporatist left-wing censorship begins, Mr. Levin wrote. However, Target issued a statement to several news outlets saying that Mr. Levin's statement appears to be premature. That means having been censored, so to speak, now they want to shift gears and call it something else. That's what that means. We've been offering offering this book for pre-sale since mid-June. As we have with Mark Levin's past books, many of which are currently available for sale at Target, will offer his newest title for sale when it is available on September 19th, a spokesperson for Target said. The use of the word hate in the title caused our team to reach out to the publisher, but as stated, we are continuing to offer this book for pre-sale now, and it will be available for sale on its release date. We regret any confusion this situation caused. Mr. Levin suggested Target reverse course due to pressure from users on Twitter. You folks are an immense force for free speech and market capitalism, and conservative authors and audiences everywhere will benefit from your patriotism. I could not be more proud of you, not only for how this specific case turned out, as there will undoubtedly be more of this, but because you've made it clear that you've had enough and will exercise your enormous power. Target's woes come on the heels of a month-long boycott targeting Bud Light after the light beer brand 
offered promotional materials to a transgender social media activist. Recent data shows Bud Light sales have dropped year over year for many conservative weeks, starting in early April, while May's data shows that Modelo overtook Bud Light as the number one beer in the United States. In the meantime, Bud Light has offered a promotional rebate, $10 for the 4th of July weekend, on certain 15 packs of Bud Light and Budweiser, meaning that the company is essentially giving free beer away in some areas. We want to thank the righteous judge for his adjudications in such matters, and we give him praise. We are requesting adjudications from the righteous judge concerning former Secret Service agent Dan Bongino. You know, I crucify people's name. We'll just call him Dan. Is claiming that the only explanation for the presence of cocaine, that's right, cocaine, in the White House is that President Joe Biden, family members, brought it inside. The White House is an 18-acre complex surrounded by mag- magnometers and checkpoints. Mr. Dan said in a recent Rumble video, adding that there were only specific ways into the White House, and all of them go through the checkpoints, whether it speaking of the cocaine, was found in the Lincoln bedroom or in the diplomatic reception room, it doesn't matter. Somebody had to bypass the security magnometer checkpoint to get that in there. The 18-acre complex is like a ring surrounding the whole thing. The only way to get in is to go through one of the checkpoints, he pointed out. There could be no one who could have just gotten through the checkpoint and brought cocaine in. It's someone who would have bypassed the checkpoint. Well, who bypasses the checkpoint? The Secret Service with the protectees. Biden, the Biden family members, Jill Biden. The Secret Service didn't have cocaine on them. So it had to be one of the protectees. There's no other explanation. Probably one of the family members was likely driven in by the Secret Service who had it on him, found it, and just left it in the White House. Sad but true, that's, that is what's most likely has ha- what's most likely what happened. No one else could have gotten into the 18-acre complex with cane on them, including Mr. Dan. Ryan Fournier, executive, executive director of the political organization Radical Alert, seconded Mr. Dan's take on a July 6 tweet. Mr. Dan is 100% right. I have been through Secret Service screening many times. You would not get through those checkpoints with something like cocaine. Family members are not checked like regular folks. There's literally drug dogs at the White House when you're getting checked in, he said in another tweet. 
The cocaine was found in the White House on Sunday evening, July 3rd, with the U.S. Secret Service confirming the discovery and proposing that it was brought in by someone who works there or had authorization to enter the place. Meanwhile, Sebastian Gorka, who worked as a national security advisor in the White House during the Trump administration, said in a July 7th tweet that the cocaine wasn't found in a well-trafficked area, said that audio recording from the hazmat team that was brought in to identify the white powder was in the library of the residence. I was a deputy to the president. I went there once after a private dinner with Miss, with President Trump. You don't get to go in there whenever you want. Secondly, if you were a certain category like I was with a, a blue access, all access passed to the White House or a member of the family, if you come into the White House in a vehicle, your vehicle isn't searched. There may be a canine inspection, but they don't even open up your vehicle. You can bring in anything. If you're a member of the press or a visitor, that's not the case. You go through multiple security checkpoints. So let's be clear. It's a member of the family or a very senior person working for the president. But I think we all know who it is, right? The U.S. Secret Service is yet to identify a suspect in the cocaine incident. In an interview with Newsmax on Thursday, former New York Mayor Rudy Giuliani said that the entire Secret Service should resign if they can't figure out who brought the cocaine into the White House. This is a relatively narrow group of people. It's not the whole world we're investigating, he said. White House Press Secretary Corinne Jean-Pierre said during a Wednesday briefing that the cocaine was found in the west wing of the White House, which is a heavily traveled area. Mr. Giuliani, who was an advisor to former President Donald Trump, dismissed the explanation. It is not heavily trafficked. That's absurd. That lying press secretary made it sound like it's Grand Central Station, he said. Of course, there are people that come in there. It's a waiting room, but it's not heavily trafficked. I'm not even sure it was there. The first notice was that it was in a library. Remember, the next day it changed to it was in the waiting room. So now we've got to figure out who's telling the truth. In a July 6 interview with Newsmax, former Secret Service agent Melanie Burkholder and former FBI agent Jonathan Gilliam raised concerns about the capabilities of the Secret Service. Mr. Gilliam pointed out that if the Secret Service is not capable of identifying the perpetrator of a crime that has occurred among a small group of people in a confined space, which is probably the most guarded location in the United States, then their ability comes into question. This is a complete failure as far as protecting not just the president, but America's house. Let's say this was a small amount of anthrax. That's enough anthrax to kill several people in that area 
within that confined space, Mr. Gilliam said. The Secret Service is, in essence, telling us that if it was anthrax or any other type of volatile powdered substance, they're not going to be able to find out who brought it in. And that is a scary, scary thought. On July 7th, in a July 7th letter to Secret Service Director Kimberly Cheadle, Representative James Comer called the presence of cocaine in the White House unacceptable and a shameful moment in the White House's history, pointing out that the incident has raised concerns regarding the level of security at the White House. Comer asked Cheadle to assist the investigation conducted by the House Committee on Oversight and Accountability by providing a staff-level briefing of the matter by July 14th. Comer is the chairman of the committee. So we want to thank the righteous judge, who is the truth, for bringing forth the truth and for his adjudications in the matter. Amen. I believe, saints, that we can firmly stand. I'll give you a few. Matthew 10:26, Mark 4:22, Luke 8:17-12-2, Job 28:11 and John 8:32. I believe the word of God covers this matter completely. Thank you, Lord. Amen. We are requesting adjudications from the righteous judge concerning. In 2021, Canadian pastor Arthur Polowski okay, faced jail time after tossing out health officials and armed police and defying court orders to keep his church O-COVID restrictions in Canada. In February of this year, 2023, he was under scrutiny for accusations that he contributed to $400 million in damages by holding a church service during last year's trucker blockade at the U.S.-Canada border. In May, he was found guilty of inciting mischief for giving a sermon to the truckers. Arthur's sentencing is due to be handed down in August 2023. He could be facing up to 10 years behind bars. So this is the the most recent information. Amen. Now to remind you who we're talking about. Early May 2021, Arthur of the Street Church in Alberta, Canada, was arrested and charged with organizing an illegal in-person gathering and requesting, inciting, or inviting others to join the gathering. His crime, holding a church service in defiance of Canada's lockdown. And he may be about to spend four years in prison as a result of doing so. A video of the pastor had previously gone viral when police officers raided a Passover celebration at his Alberta church, and the pastor scolded the officers until they left. His reasons for doing so were that he has seen something similar before 
in terms of persecution of Christians. I grew up in Poland under communism, socialism, under the boots of the Soviets in a country where you had absolutely no freedom, no freedom of speech, no freedom of religion, no freedom of association, no freedom of the press, he said. What I see right now, I see everything escalating and moving to the new level. They're acting just like the communists were acting when I was growing up, when the pastors and priests were arrested and some were murdered. Many were tortured for disagreeing with government, for just simply sharing your heart about something that you have seen or heard. You could be tortured, arrested, beaten, sentenced to years in jail time just because you had a different opinion than the state government. Pastor Alter recalled how before you would before they would sentence you, you would be tortured, beaten by the police. Lawlessness reigned and the constitution of the Polish People's Republic became a mere piece of paper. There was nothing that resembled justice and rule of law at all. It was 50,000, I'm sorry, yeah, 50,000 communists ruling, enslaving 36 million Polish people at that time. So what I see right now is a similar approach. One law at a time, one infringement on our rights at a time. A judge found Pastor Alter guilty of contempt in June, and he potentially faces four years in jail for allegedly organizing an illegal in-person gathering, inciting or inviting others to attend an illegal gathering, as well as promoting and attending the gathering. Republican Missouri Senator Josh Hollyhass has condemned the persecution. I am troubled that our Canadian neighbors are effectively being forced to gather in secret, undisclosed locations to exercise their basic freedom to worship, the Missouri Republican wrote. Frankly, I would expect this sort of religious crackdown in communist China, not in a prominent Western nation like Canada. Canadian authorities' arrest of faith leaders and seizure of church property, among other enforcement actions, appears to constitute systematic, ongoing, and agrarious violations of religious freedom, Hawley described. How to how a heartbreaking video shows Pastor Stevens' children sobbing as they held their father's hand through the barred window of a police car. Pastor Stevens' alleged violation was holding an outdoor worship service in a park, which was apparently discovered by a police helicopter flying overhead, the senator said. We want to thank the righteous judge for his adjudication concerning such. We are requesting adjudications from the righteous judge concerning. Ghana's parliament has unanimously passed a motion to further tighten laws on homosexuality, which is already largely criminalized in the West African nation. The motion to amend an anti-LGBTQ bill was approved by all 275 lawmakers on Wednesday, after months of public debate and revisions 
to the 36-page document introduced in 2021. The promotion of proper sexual human rights and Ghanaian Family Values Bill seeks to criminalize the promotion, advocacy, and funding of activities linked to same-sex relationships and to impose tougher prison terms for homosexual acts. Thank you, Jesus. The bill will require further review before being passed into law. If enacted, the measures will make identifying as homosexual punishable by a three-year prison sentence, while campaigners for LGBTQ rights would face up to 10 years behind bars. Rights groups, including Amnesty International Ghana, have condemned the bill, saying it violates civil rights enshrined in the Constitution. The lead sponsor of the bill, Sam Nardi George, has repeatedly called gay rights a perversion and argued that homosexual activity is not a human right. Speaking in Parliament on Wednesday after the amendment was passed, George warned the U.S. against interfering with plans to pass the bill into law. He said Ghana, unlike Uganda, will retaliate if the U.S. places sanctions on its lawmakers. Washington imposed travel restrictions on Ugandan officials following the signing of an anti-LGBTQ law by President Museveni in May. Anyone found guilty of sexual activities with someone of the same gender faces life in prison under Uganda's Anti-Homosexuality Act of 2023. U.S. President Joe Biden labeled the law a tragic violation of universal human rights and called for its repeal. Well, guess what? He's not a citizen of that nation, and nobody elected him there. Amen. Whew. He's got enough problems with cocaine. Amen. Adding that Washington would reconsider all aspects of its engagement with Kampala, citing the anti-Ugandan measures Sam Nardi George warned, if they replicate the same with our Speaker and members of Parliament, we will also take action against their U.S. business interests in our country because they serve in this country and make money from here and send it back home. They cannot hold us to ransom. Amen. So we want to thank the righteous judge for his adjudications. Now I want to remind you of something you probably have forgotten, saints. If I'm not mistaken, and I have this correct, and I think that I do, I remember that during former President Barack Obama's administration, he went over there, and I think Hillary Clinton accompanied him on some trip over there to tell them that they ought to drop their positions on homosexuality and LGBTQIA+. And originally, in Uganda, the people had planned a prank to show Obama, what, and this was the prank. Once he came to the podium and started his conversation about uh, lesbianism, homosexuality, 
and uh, same sex and all of that, they plan to turn, stand up, turn their backs to him, pull their trousers down, and let him see their bare rear ends. However, the president, knowing their intentions, the president of the country, knowing their intentions, intervened and spoke directly to former President Obama and told him not to come to the podium and start that kind of rhetoric with them. That's the only thing that stopped the plan. Amen? So you see, that's what they've been doing. That's what they've been doing. Amen? That's what they've been doing, and that's their agenda, and that's their plan, and that's what they're about. So we are requesting adjudication and from the righteous judge concerning. A Russian journalist and a lawyer were brutally attacked by unidentified assailants in the country's southern Chechen Republic causing outrage from the press and officials. The pair were planning to attend a high-pro-criminal trial in Grozny. The assault on Elena Milashina, a veteran correspondent covering human rights in that area, and her associate, defense attorney Nimal, took place on Tuesday morning. Their taxi was reportedly forced to stop as they were traveling to the regional capital from an airport. The assailants attacked Melashina, shaving her head and dousing her with green antiseptic dye, according to the images of the journalists circulating online. It has been reported that they broke some of the woman's fingers. Nemov was also seriously injured. Chechen Human Rights Omnibudsman Soltes, I'm tearing up his name, but that's life, said he accompanied the ambulance that took the victims to the city of Beslan in North Ossetia. Tanya M. and the Russian federal counterpart said Milshena had asked to be moved to the neighborhood neighboring region due to concerns for her safety in Chechnya, the official has asked several law enforcement bodies to investigate the attack. The Union of Journalists of Russia, a professional association, has called for a swift response to the incident. Kremlin spokesperson Peskov described the situation as very serious and said it requires the most vigorous measures. Many media professionals and senior officials have condemned the assault. Attacking people, journalists, and activists is an outlandish and unacceptable act, regardless of what political views the victims hold, said the MP, Popov, who serves on the Information Policy Committee in the Duma, the lower chamber of the Russian parliament. He was alluding to the fact that Milshina has been a longtime employee of the now-defunct liberal-leaning newspaper 
Navaya Gazetta. She was visiting Chechnya to attend the final hearing of the controversial trial of Zarima Musava, the wife of retired federal judge, whatever his name was. Several members of the family are vocal critics of the region's head, Rosman, whatever his name is. On Tuesday, a district court in Grozny found Maseva guilty of attacking a police officer and fraud and sentenced her to five years and six months in prison. The violent offense she was charged with happened in January 2022 when the Chechen officers executed an arrest warrant at her apartment, wherever that is, hundreds of kilometers from their home region. Supporters of the Yango Babies branded the episode as, as an abduction. Last year, they announced some members of the media as ab- abattoirs of terrorism. Okay, so they're name-calling and labeling. These included those working for the Gazetta and Milchenik and the lady that had they shaved and painted her green specifically. She temporarily fled Russia, citing fears for her safety following the leader's remarks. The newspaper was was designated a foreign agent in January of the same year and lost its printing license months later, but currently operates as a news website for which the lady works. So we want to thank the righteous judge for his adjudication on these matters. Amen. Woo. Amen, amen, amen. Praise the Lord. Brother Marshall, we're ready to pray. Amen. And if you don't mind, could you pray for my voice? It's starting to fade. There we go. <clears throat> Lord, help <clears throat> Sabrina's voice, my voice, and all those, Father God, that need to be strengthened by the power of your spirit. Not by human might or human power, it's by your spirit. Thank you, Lord. We have this treasure in earthen vessels, that the excellence of the power may be of God and not of us. Thank you for not leaving us as orphans. Thank you for the spirit of adoption, Father. Thank you for filling us with your good spirit, Lord. Thank you. We give you praise and honor and glory for the many encouraging uh, messages that were intertwined with Pastor Sabrina's uh, items that she brought before your throne of grace in time of need. As we do come before you, Father God, according to your word in Hebrews 4.16, we come boldly before your throne of grace in time of need, and we do. And we thank you that you hear our prayers. Thank you, Jesus, for ever living to make intercession for each of us, like it's written over in Hebrews uh, 7.25. And we thank you. You save us to the uttermost. We thank you for those, Father God, that are telling the truth, actually. There's some people getting the truth out there, not just Pastor Arthur Pulaski up in Canada, Father God, but many people actually starting to bring things into the light. And we thank you, Father God, for making it abundantly clear, Father, with all these different things about how did cocaine just happen to get in the White House? when it can only go through a few people. So, Father, we thank you, Father God, for these different items, the things that are been whispered in secret are being shouted from the housetops, Father God. We thank you for your word that's forever settled in heaven. Even the various items that Pastor Sabrina just alluded to 
including in, uh, it was at Mark 4.22, Jesus says, For there is nothing hid that shall not be manifest, neither was anything kept secret that it should come abroad. And confirmed, not just in Matthew 10.26, Luke 8.17, Luke 12.2, etc. Father God, we thank you for bringing all these things to light, what's being done, and why it's being done, Father God, including giving the Eternal General, particularly the, the one from, uh, where was it, Indiana, Todd Rokita Gumption and and encouraged to stand up for the truth. Praise the Lord. We thank you, Father God, for putting things in proper perspective. He didn't allude to the fact that Target and the uh, Anheuser Busch and all these companies are they have a very sweet uh, multi-trillion-dollar purse that they can share if they push the LGBTQ agenda, Father God. He didn't have he didn't have to bring that to the light, Father God. He didn't have to say that this is uh, a giant global agenda being being uh, forced. He doesn't. The, the people of these corporations are supposed to be doing what's right for their shareholders, but no, they're trying to line their own pockets, like those people that want to just consider their own needs and not the needs of what the ones they're standing in for, Father. Help me and help us all to change the way you want, Father God, to walk humbly with our God. Because we can't do anything apart from you, Jesus. Help us all to walk humbly, examining our own hearts, Father God. Help the people at Target, at Anheuser-Busch, and all these different companies that have given that have given way to worshiping of mammon, whether it's uh, it looks like a bull in Wall Street or whatever it looks like, a lot of bull going on, Father God. A lot of whatever. Father, we ask you to send the Holy Ghost to bring conviction to those that can repent, Father God. Maybe the lower levels one can repent, Father God. I don't know. But you know all things, Lord. You're the only one. Pastor Sabrina doesn't know everyone's heart. I certainly don't. I don't even know my own heart. It says you alone know the hearts of all mankind. It says over in 1 Kings 8 and other places, Father God, you're the only one who knows the hearts of all men. King David's son, Solomon, was very wise because he asked for wisdom. He had the little insights, Father God. Although he was wise for others, was he wise for himself? Did he stick with the covenant, or did he wander off? Was he enticed by the lust of the flesh? Father, deliver those that have been enticed by the lust of the flesh that are not doing what's right for the children, Father God. The children as, target, as Target's customers. The, the children in every area. And we thank you for the other attorneys general that had the gumption to join in this thing to bring, bring this to light, Father God, including from Arkansas and Idaho and Kentucky and Mississippi and Missouri and South Carolina. We thank you, Father God, that people are standing up, Father. We thank you, Father God, that some of these things, you know, of course these little tuck-friendly swimsuits are, are, are only for transgender women, not for children. Why are they so small? It must be some really teeny children. I mean, teeny women. So, Father God, we thank you, Father God, that they're parting, making it abundantly clear that, well, I thought I was going to make money when I invested, not me, but people might say that, when I invested in Target on the stock market. Well, uh, um, are we doing everything the Lord wants us to do? And most people, even Christians, just say, well, this is a great investment. See, it's doing well. You know, the, Look at the, what the people say about it. Well, Father, it doesn't matter what people say. It matters what you say and what your people say. And we thank you, Father God, for the people. They're standing against these things, Father God. Even as Mark Levin uh, on Fox, he does say some truth occasionally. He was praising the people with Twitter for coming out. And I thank you, Father God, for the people rising up. Thank you for pouring forth of your spirit, especially in the political realm, but also in the spiritual realm, Father God. Helping people to wake up and say, wait a minute. 
these people don't care about us. They don't even care about their own stockholders or their own customers. Who do they care about? Oh, are they? is this um, kind of like a bunch of uh, fascists or whatever that just have an agenda, this public-private corporation uh, uh, going together? Thank you, Father God, that the people at, at, at the Bud Light are waking up, Father God. Maybe they'll be going out of business soon, Father God. It says that uh, if you give somebody, where's that? If you give somebody something to drink, so you can expose their nakedness, Father God, that's an abomination to you, Lord. So we thank you, Father God. Some people, and mo- most people, probably just want a little relaxation with their beer, not the beer by itself. In the back in the colonial days, actually, it was a good thing, because the water wasn't safe to drink, but the beer was, you know, brewed and it was supposedly safer. So Father God, and even talks about that. Uh, about drinking a little wine uh, for your oft infirmities, Father God, because they couldn't trust the water. Father God, help us to pray over the water, whatever we have a privilege to take advantage of, to drink, Father God, and only receive with thanksgiving what you want, making those things that are pleasing to you to be pleasing to us. We thank for many people standing up against this perversion, Father God, which is really what it is. And we thank you, Father God, for exposing what's going on, Father God, for all the people speaking out about what was being done and putting it in interesting light, Father God, saying, well, this is the people's house. You mean it doesn't personally belong to the globalists? Uh, you know, we thought that uh, Washington, D.C. was just their personal private terrain. We thank you, Father God, for all these people standing up to make it abundantly clear that even with people with very special access, we still have to go through checkpoints, except for the immediate presidential family, perhaps. We thank you, Father, for bringing this to life, Father God. We thank you for exposing what's going on. And we give you praise and honor and glory. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. And maybe the Secret Service is in between a rock and a hard place. It's pretty hard to pretend people that um, don't really represent this country. They were planted there. They were selected, not elected. At least that's what a lot of people tend to believe. Even many lovely Democrats. Well, wait a minute. He promised me all this money if I just vote for him. Is that the only reason they set, actually voted for some of them people? Well, where's my check? Father God, we bind that spirit of mammon, the spirit of greed and corruption. Father God, forgive us. If people, forgive the people of this nation, Father God. They're so concerned about themselves, about their finances, about that, because we know you're just about to bring down this thing, Father God. And maybe that's a good thing, Father God, that people realize that what true wealth really is. We all need to be laying up treasures in heaven where moth and rust cannot corrupt and thieves do not break through and steal. Show each of us what our plans should be. Not our thoughts, your thoughts. Your ways are so much higher than our ways. Oh, Father. We thank you that you've been warning us, Father God, through Pat Holiday some years ago and through the saints, Father God, and all these different people trying to speak the truth, getting things out there, Father God. And we thank you, Father, for the boycott against Anheuser-Busch and the and the Bud Light. And we thank you, Father God, for bringing these things to light. And we thank you, Father God, for the people that are concerned about, well, what if they did get a nasty chemical brought into the White House? It could harm somebody. So, Father God, it could harm what? America's image, which is already pretty much in the trash can compared to the world globally after walking out of Afghanistan, Father God. Father God, we ask you to defend those in harm's way, and particularly all those that have been arrested and thrown, that seem to throw away the key, those people that came to lawfully demonstrate on January 6th. How about Arthur Pulaski? He was just standing up for the body of Christ. 
He knew from firsthand experience, having come out of Poland, Father God, what it was like to live under a communist regime. He knew from hearing from things from his older family members. He knew from personal experience. He knew their personal stories. He could see, as it were, not exactly the same thing, but the handwriting on the wall, abundantly clear. And so he stood up for the truth. Of course, the people that are serving a different God were not very happy about that. So, Father God, well, we know what you've done in the past, and you can do it again, Father God. It says in your word over in Psalm 146, The Lord opened the eyes of the blind. Psalm 146, verse 8. The Lord raiseth them that are bowed down. The Lord loveth the righteous. Where is that next part, Lord? Oh, it's the verse before it. The Lord looseth the prisoners in verse 7. So, Lord, you've loosed the prisoners before. And why do you do it? You said, if my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves. Not just in Canada. How about the United States? Mm -hmm. Every nation. Maybe not Ghana. Uganda as much. No, they're starting to stand up for the truth. Maybe the U.K. needs to wake up, too. Help us all, Lord. <laughs> all the nations, Father God. In Europe, many European nations. There's some wonderful saints in many nations, Father God. But we all need to start to wake up and stand up, Father God, for the truth. And wake up and stand up. And you said, what the saints did that, Father God, what did you do? Over in, um, over in the book of Acts, chapter 12. It was a wonderful thing because was it uh, what you think was it uh, Peter was thrown in prison before Resurrection Sunday, which they actually called by that other name, which is not ideal. Over in at least in the King James version, Acts twelve verse four, when they'd apprehended him, uh, Peter, they put him in prison. And delivered him to four quaternions of soldiers. He needed a whole bunch of people to guard him. And keep him intended after so-called Easter to bring him forth to the people. Peter, therefore, was kept in prison. But prayer was made without ceasing of the church unto God for him. Thank you, Father God, for inspiring the body of Christ to pray without ceasing. He tells us to do that. They actually did that. And when Herod would have brought him forth the same night, Peter was sleeping. Was he biting his nails? Was he was he texting people? Oh, pray for me! No, he wasn't. He wasn't. He didn't need an iPad. He didn't need a cell phone. He trusted in the Lord. He didn't need it. Some people say they want to get rid of the internet for people who are not giving away their personal identity to the global Gestapo, Father God. And is that such a bad thing? Maybe it's better just to trust in the living God. Maybe that would be better. Peter was sleeping between two soldiers. He must have cast all his cares on the Lord. I know I do that. Uh, usually twice a day at least, sometimes more than that, casting all my cares upon you because you care for me because I can't do it. We have this treasure in earthen vessels. It's the spirit in us. He was sleeping between two soldiers. He must have got rid of that spirit of fear. Bound with two chains who kept uh, who kept the uh, were keepers before the door of the prison. And behold, the angel of the Lord. That's that same angel of the Lord. Remember it delivered the Israelites? Remember it went between the the camp of the Egyptians and the Israelites, that's the same angel of the Lord. And the angel of the Lord came upon him, and the light shined in the prison. The people walked in darkness, saw a great light. And a light shined in the prison. Jesus is that light. And he smote Peter on the side, said, Rise up. Rise. And he raised him up, saying, Arise, arise up quickly. And his chains fell off from his hands. And the angel said unto him, Gird thyself, and bind on thy sandals. And so he did. And he saith unto him, Cast thy garment about thee and follow me. And he went out and followed him and went and wist not that it was true which was done to the angel, 
but thought he saw a vision. He thought he was dreaming or something. Then when they were past the first and second ward, they came unto the iron gate that leadeth unto the city, which opened to, to them of his own accord. Yeah, you can you can open whatever needs to be opened, Lord. That's what it says over in Revelation chapter 3. I opened unto what of its own accord, and they went out and passed through one street, and forthwith the angel departed from him. And when Peter was come to himself, my goodness, I'm not in prison anymore. He said, Now I know of a surety the Lord sent his angel and hath delivered me out of the hand of Herod. And from all the expectation of the people of the Jews. Father, all those people. Yes, especially Arthur Pulowski, Father God. He stood up for you, Father God. And you know that. And, he's, and you should, you, we know you honor him for that, Father God. You, you said that, that, that in, in the last days some people would be persecuted for their faith. Well, we're in the last days, Father God. And he's standing boldly. We thank you for giving him the Holy Ghost boldness. He went back. He didn't have to go back. He chose to go back to Canada. And he knew there were threats against his life. In fact, they whisked him away as soon as he landed. They didn't want him to be where the media would be. They took him to a different secret place. They didn't want him to be out in the limelight, Father God. They're trying to hush all this up, Father God. And even they don't want the people in Canada to know what they've been doing to their own people. Yes, he's a legal citizen of Canada, Father God. And he's just actually a legal citizen of the third heaven. We thank you, Father God, for him standing up for his true citizenship, Father God. We ask you to deliver him from the plans and wiles and schemes of the enemy and as far as to pray the way you want, Father God. I was in a little home church meeting for many years, Father God, and we were praying, Father God, and we got together and we selected different people, and I forget how many of those 50 people, whatever, different groups of men and women, and we all picked different times, different hours of the day and night, two people at a time, to pray. And Father God, you honored that prayer. We were praying for the area over there in Albania, Father God, in the surrounding areas. And Father God, and you heard that prayer. And we were praying. Were we walking on water? Did, did, did we have light coming out of our fingertips? Who were we? Do you honor the prayers of the saints and accept them, Father God? We ask you to honor our prayers. For Christ's sake, thank you. Because it's He who is in us, the Spirit in us, the Spirit in us, the Spirit in us, and all of us, Father God. He said, I see nothing wrong, Father God, who was solicited by the FBI to be a so called he refused to, but he recorded what they did. Oh, my